0: Alright, what's up everybody? My name is Tyler Dunn. We're on episode 94 of Goals and Updates. Happy 4th of July. Let me turn this down a little bit. It's kind of loud. But uh, happy 4th of July. I decided that I wasn't going to do the episode yesterday. I had an opportunity to go and and meet up with some old family. Not old family. I don't know why I said old family. But uh, friends that I've known for a very, very long time that I consider family is what I what I meant to say. And I took the opportunity yesterday to go and, and see him because I haven't seen him in a long time. And so I took the opportunity, I ended up running into uh, one of the people at at my uh, at the gym I go to uh, yesterday, not yesterday, Tuesday. And I decided that my mom was going to go and see him. And I was and I said, you know, what, it's probably better to go see them since I haven't seen them in a while. And I promised that I'd stop by and see him. And just because I'm so busy most of the time that I don't, you know, I I don't have time to stop by there. So I ended up stopping by there and I said, you know, I'll put the I'll I'll do the episode tomorrow on Thursday, which would be Fourth of July. And it would give me an excuse to wear the suit (laughs) because because in my in my mind, I was like, all right, it's it's the Fourth of July. It's the United States birthday um, when we celebrate independence for every single American. Right. And so I I said to myself, it's a special occasion. I might as well bring out this suit. And since I went Tuesday and I wore this suit, uh, this suit, actually, I just got this suit, this suit for the first time on Tuesday, I said to myself, you know, I don't want to wear the suit more often. Just it just makes me feel good about myself. Right. Uh, Especially since I'm I'm business oriented and trying to get more into sales. And uh, whenever I watch a podcast, everyone's in suits some, you know, like they're trying to present themselves more and be more personable with the suit. So I was like, you know, I want to, I want to wear the suit today. So what's up, Chris? So I'm wearing the suit today on 4th of July, just because it's a special occasion, at least in my opinion, it's a special occasion. Most people, you know, I think most people would agree that 4th of July would be a, a, a good, a good place to start wearing a suit. But um, so we're doing goals and updates episode 94 right now. How I normally do this show is we do Uh, my updates. So that's where goals and updates come in is I'm going to update you guys and kind of what's going on in my life, showing you that I'm doing everything that I'm basically saying in these topics, or at least I'm trying to fix myself and adapt these topics. And then we'll go into two topics. So then I talk about two topics. The first topic is going to be life is not supposed to be easy. The second topic is going to be give back, give back, give back. And I'll explain why there's three give backs. Like when we get to that topic. And then I'm going to talk about Done Deal Investments, which is my business. So um, so for updates, right? Some things that I can update you guys in my life is yesterday, I sat down with, uh, with my manager and she went over, she goes over every single week we sit down. It's normally on a Wednesday. We sit down, we do what they call a one-on-one and they go over your productivity, your adherence and basically what you're doing right and what you're not doing right. And so she sat down with me and since now we're at a new month, she'll go over the whole entire month and you can see every single week where like your product, uh, your productivity was and basically everything that was throughout that whole entire month. And if you do, if you basically have perfect adherence or a 95 to hundred percent adherence, we'll give you an extra $150 Now, if you do for the whole entire month over, well, I think it has to be at least 120% productivity or higher, they will give you another $150 bonus. So you can get $300 extra of income of bonuses every single month at this company I'm working for. So my goal, I've been working there now for four months. My goal has been, and so when you're first starting there, by the way, they don't give you any bonuses until after you're, uh. I believe it's after like your third month there because you're on technically what they call a probation period. And once you get out of that, I think it's 90 days from your start date. Then they start giving you the bonuses. They start giving you your benefits. They start doing a bunch of different things where you start qualifying for different elements within that company. And my my big goal with this company right now, with this home warranty company, is to get $300 every single month extra in bonuses. The 150 from... 150 from inheritance from showing up on time and clocking in and clocking out on time, and 150 by doing 120% and above on productivity on email responses and the work they want me to do. So when she went through the report, I got 18.5, no, 118.5% for the month, right? So I was 1.5% away from that extra $150 and I would have got $300 extra for uh, for June, right? Because now we're in July. So it would have been for June. And I was so, I, like, I was actually kind of excited. Like, I think most people would have been pissed because they would have been like, oh, I was only 1.5% away from getting $150 extra. But in my mind, it proved, it proved to myself. Sorry, this is kind of popping a little bit. It proved to myself that it's doable, right? I can get to that 120% mark and make $300 extra every single month on my paycheck. So what uh, what I'm trying to do now is make bigger goals because I guess the goals, in my mind, the goals that I was setting before were too small. Now I got to make bigger goals to get to that 120 every single month and just commit harder, you know, 10 times more than what I was doing before. But the whole point of updating on that is like, that's a big accomplishment for me. Because when I first started at this company, I didn't think it was possible. And they told me, hey, if you get to... 120% productivity uh, through emails, you'll you'll be able to get $150 bonus on top of the other $150. And I was like, all right, I'm always gonna get 150 on Adheritance, which I do every single time I hit the Adheritance one. But I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to hit that other 150 50. And so when I hit, you know, when I got to 18.5%, it made me realize in my mind, like, oh man, it's possible. It's possible I can do it. I'm only 1.5 percent away from it. I just gotta commit harder. Cause one week, I actually went through it. I hit like 100 and 101, which is kind of what got me. The other other three weeks, I did. I think it was like 115 for one of them, and then other ones were like 125, and then another one I think was like 129 or 130. And so that 101 kind of screwed me out of the 1.5 percent, right? That I that I would have got the extra 150. So. In my mind, oh my God, I gotta hit harder the first week. It's very easy. In my mind, it's hard to start, it's easy to finish there. Because when you're starting, you're trying to get into the rhythm of starting and going fast on things, right? But when you're at the end, you see the, the finish line and it's easy to go, okay, I need, I need 10 more emails. I gotta, I gotta flip, you know, I gotta get through these quick but when you're starting it's hard cuz it's almost like you're at you're at the beginning of the of the finish uh, not the finish line but you're at the beginning of like the start of the, of the race and you're like damn like it, it looks like a far, it looks like it's far away like it's hard to it's hard to judge how many i have to get done right now so uh, the other thing is like the person i sit next to gave me a helpful hint to hit the goals and he was saying cuz before i would leave on what they call uh it's called like a a red, uh, a red robin or whatever uh, the thing is you press it, and that's what drives in your emails. And so it only does five at a time, and every single time you drop an email out, it drops another one in. So it's constantly cycling through. And you turn that on when you start, and then you turn it off at the end, at the end of your shift so you don't get any more emails and they stop coming in. Well, he gave me this hint where he's like, hey, this is what I do. I open up that the red Robin. I, I get the five in there. He's like, I turn it off. And he's like, I, I drag two more. I pick two more out of the box, and that way I have seven. And he's like, the reason you put seven in the box is because you're really supposed to do six an hour. That's, that's, that's how you meet your goal. And then he's like, I do the seventh one to, to basically tell myself, all right, I have, I have to get to the seventh one to overdo my goal. And he's like, what it does is it, it keeps track of the hour of how many you're doing an hour, and it kind of pushes yourself. Because if you see that you got through five – and you only have 15 or 20 more minutes, you know, you have to push yourself even harder to get through the next two emails. So he's like, it's kinda, he's like, it's a trick to get you to go faster through the emails. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. So I tried it and I think that's what got me to like the 18.5% because I'm like, oh, I can see, you know, I can track it better. I can see, all right, I got five done. I need two more within the next 20 minutes. So that, that's like a tip that he gave me, which helped me a lot. So. Um, so that's going to be like, that's going to be a business goal that I'm setting for myself for the next month for this month, actually July. So, uh, the cool thing too, is I'm actually getting paid to do this episode, right? Uh, the reason I, the reason I'm getting paid to do this episode for the first time is because I'm on a paid, uh, since I'm full time, they do paid holidays there. So they're paying me basically for the full eight hours. And now I'm, now I'm here doing an episode uh, and they're, and they're basically paying me, which is pretty awesome. So perks of being full time. Right. But, you know, obviously you're trading time for money, which is kind of you got to try to fix that. But right now, you know, it's good. I'm I'm moving up. Right. I went from 15 to 30 and then benefits and bonuses and, uh, you know, different like healthcare care and stuff like that. So different things they're giving me um, 401k plans, which they'll match me. I haven't gotten that part yet. You got to be with them for six months. But certain things where it's going to help me throughout, you know, it's like a stepping stone, right? I can, I can use the company to pay for more education if I need to, once I get to a, a year mark. Um, so there's different things that I'm, I'm going to use as benefits through this company. And that's why I, you know, that's why I really went for this company was, I'm like, okay, there's, there's definitely benefits there's definitely perks. There's definitely, it's definitely an upgrade for me. I was working part-time before. And by the way, like we would have had today off, at my other job part time but since I was part time I would have got screwed out of the out of the time and the money and they i wouldn't have i would have made zero dollars today right so they basically bought my time back today and I can come on here and do an episode now uh so that's you know that's that's pretty awesome right the full time positions now that was one update I wanted to update um I updated you guys on like the you know seeing see my my family that i haven't seen in a, a long time and it kind it was kind of cool cuz i went over there got to talk to you know talk to them for a you know a while actually i went over there for a long time 3 4 hours caught up got to got to see them i haven't seen them in a long time and it's just cuz i'm i'm working all the time right working constantly I'm working right now on a holiday where most people would have been you know most people probably drinking right now they're probably drinking some margaritas or they're drinking some wine or they're or they're drinking beer And I'm out here trying to work until my, you know, my grandparents are coming at three. So, you know, then I'll spend some time with them and enjoy the holidays a little bit more. But I'll actually probably still be working on my laptop as I'm, as I'm hanging out with them, trying to get some posts done, you know, posts on done deal investments, put some uh, 4th of July stuff out. So, you know, the, the goal for me with that, with the holidays is to try to still work um but also enjoy the holidays right cuz i want to enjoy the holidays but at the same time i want to work and not use it as an excuse to waste 24 hours in that holiday right uh most people kind of they go oh it's a holiday i'm not going to work and i'm just going to i'm just going to chill eat a lot drink a lot chill out you know spend time with a lot of people but and and like i agree with it to a certain extent but it's also an opportunity for hard workers where they're they're going to be like oh I can I can work, and outwork the people that are taking the holiday off. So um, I actually had a table topic, by the way, for Toastmasters, and he gave me uh, the topic was, "What do you do with your time off?" And it was funny because we were coming, you know, that was Tuesday, and then I was like, I was like, "That's a perfect topic because Thursday is Fourth of July, and I'm getting a paid, you know, paid holiday where I'm actually going to be off." And I'm going to, and my, my idea was to try to work as much as I possibly could on 4th of July. Right. Cause I'm like, okay, most people aren't going to work and I need to get in that mentality of like, I can't just not work on holidays. Like I need to kind of still work on holidays, maybe pick up the phone and make some phone calls, uh, do a, you know, uh, right now I'm doing a podcast and then after this, I'm going to be working on, um, I need to clean out the memory in my computer, my phone, my phone is kind of like all used up in the, in memory. So I need to clean out some of the old stuff in that, which some people might consider that not work. But to me, it's work because I need the storage for work, right? Um, I need to clean out, uh, and the reason I'm trying to clean out my phone, by the way, is a little bit because of work, but it's also because now I'm a PR, um, I'm I'm vice president of PR at the Toastmasters Club, so I have to go and take videos, live stream, uh, you know, and then go and and then go and put posts onto that Toastmasters club or our club webpage on Facebook and LinkedIn and different social media. Like that's my job is to go out there, meet people, drive more traffic, do different things. Right. So like my, so I have to have space on my phone in order to do that. And like the last, last Tuesday I didn't have any memory. So like, I couldn't really do video, which I wanted to, but, and video, like, you know, maybe like five, like 10 seconds 15 seconds of each person's speech and and then that was the goal but i couldn't do that because i had too much memory on my uh on my phone or too too less of memory i should say on my phone and i couldn't do that so i had to take pictures pictures came out pretty good if you want to go on to, uh you know toastmasters club maybe i'll start putting that in the links it's now pr or uh you know public relations over there so i could start driving some traffic but If you, you know, if you want to get better at public speaking, if you want to be able to, you know, and it doesn't matter what you want to use the skill for, it's a skill that you're going to have to use throughout your whole entire life. So even if you don't want to sell on a stage and speak in front of, you know, 500, 1,000 people plus, um, because that's kind of, that's what my goal is. Like I want to do motivational speaking and eventually sell on stage, right? So motivational speaking in the sense of, you know, motivate people to go and, and do what they want to do in their life and, and have them understand that it's up to them to change the mindset, right? That's why I do the podcast. That's the whole point of Goals and Updates is to broadcast uh, you know, my, my viewpoints on certain things and to help people change their negative mindset to a more positive mindset. So, and I, if I could do that on stage, I mean, that's even better because you're talking in front of a live audience. This, you're kind of, you know, I get it's live, Right. I'm on Instagram Live and, and Facebook Live, but it's not really it's not as personable as talking on a stage or in front of people on a podium or you know, just in front of people in general. And then you can talk to them after, right? You can come up to you and talk. And it, it just, you know, that's that's kind of what I want to do. I want to go out there and talk to more people and, and be more personable and and kind of just be able to reach more people. And that's the best way to do it is to be able to talk in front of someone and have confidence. And, you know, part of being a businessman is you have to be able to sell. And in order to sell, you have to have confidence when you're selling. And in order to do that, I have to be able to talk to people face-to-face and have a little bit more confidence when I'm presenting, uh, like, business ideas or proposals or estimates or anything related to selling has to – you have to have confidence and you have to face objections and complaints and different things. Price. What's up, Jimmy? Jim, you like the suit, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so, so that's why I want to, you know, that's why I'm doing Toastmasters. If you want to, you know, and you could use Toastmasters as different things. Maybe you just want to get more, be able to talk to more people and not be, yeah, 4th of July edition, man. Hell yeah. But, um, that's why I dressed in the suit. But the point that I'm trying to make is if you want to, if you want to get better at speaking in general, you just want to get better at speaking and, and shaking hands and, and what they like to say, uh, shaking hands and kissing babies. I've heard that one a couple times. You can come in and join as, you just show up as a guest, right? You just show up and if it's something you wanna do, you like the atmosphere, you like the club, then you join the club, right? And it's its not expensive. I think its uh, it's 65, well your first time fee I think is 85 and that covers the first three months. So I think they do it every quarterly. So it's four times you're getting charged within the year uh, and it's 65, I'm pretty sure, like this is coming off the top of my head. I mean, I haven't, you know, I, I do 65 now, but what they normally do is it's the first time fee of 85. And then every single three months after that, when they collect dues, it's 65. So 65 for three months, we meet there every Tuesday at, uh, at Denny's. Every single Tuesday, you're getting four. So four times three would be, uh, 12, so you get 12 times you go to the club before you, they collect dues for $65. Um, and, and I mean, I'm telling you, it's the best thing I've ever done because it, it has like, you can tell when I do these podcasts now, like I don't do ums, ahs, the first episode I, I went back and listened to, cause I, I'm now uploading these episodes to, um, which is the next update I'm going to give you, but I'm trying to get it on a podcast station where then you guys can go and download an app or you can go and down, you know, go on the website. And listen to audio in the car, and it's more accessible for these episodes uh, of goals and updates. And you can tell, like I've listened to the first episode, because when I uploaded it, I I try to listen to them to make sure they're playing, there's no defects in them. And the first the first five episodes I listen to, it's all ums and ahs and um, you know, like. And you don't hear, you'll hear them once in a while. I mean, I do these episodes for an hour, but you really don't hear me say them anymore and it's because at Toastmasters what they do is they ring a bell so if I'm doing a speech and I go um they ding you they ding a bell so what the whole purpose of that and then they tell you at the end like hey you did five ums and the purpose of them doing that is so that you catch yourself you catch yourself and you try not to say um and you're like oh I said um five times like let me work on that for the next meeting and it, it's and then they time you on everything, too. So everything's timed. Everything is, is set. And then they have different people that help you get better uh, grammar, better sentence structure. So it, it really is a skill that you need to build. And I can give you a bunch of different reasons why you would want to learn this skill. First of all, if you're a salesperson or you're business-oriented, you're going to want to get more confidence when you talk to people. The second thing I can tell you is, if you ever want to start something, or even if you want to create a club, or you want to create some type of movement, you have to be able to speak to people, you have to be more personable, you have to, it's a skill. Communication is a skill, and most people aren't working on that skill, they're avoiding it, and it's very easy to avoid that skill nowadays, because technology is, is kind of making it easier where we press a button and you text someone. You, we send an email, we press a button. We type, right? we type a lot, we use a lot of technology. And you're not really picking up a phone and calling people anymore. You're not, you know, knocking on doors and talking to your neighbors anymore. Like most people don't even know their neighbors, by the way, which is, is really sad. I mean, I'm going to tell you, honestly, I don't even really know my neighbors around me. Uh, and, that, and that that should probably be a, a problem that I fix, you know, now that I'm aware, you know, now that I'm talking about it and I'm kind of making myself aware of it, but most people don't talk to people. You know, you're standing in line at a, at a Publix or a Walmart or any type of um, merchandise type store and you're standing in line, most people don't even look at the other person. Most people are just on their phones, right? Go to a meeting, everyone's on their phones. And it, it's a problem. Like most people don't even talk at meetings where you're supposed to talk. So if you can develop this skill and be able to talk, by the way, most, uh, most companies, once you get into a leadership role, which most people end up doing because they want to make more money, they need to present stuff to their bosses. They need to go and present stuff to their staff and their, and their employees, right? Or the people they're managing. And if you can't public speak or your, your public speaking skills is bad, you're not gonna be able to do that. You're gonna hate it. And most people do hate public speaking, by the way. Most people get very nervous. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I still get nervous when I go up there. My, my thing though is I don't let it affect me. Uh, I, you know, I got to a point where I just don't care. I don't care if people judge me down there. Everyone's gonna judge. Everyone's a judger, even if they tell you they don't judge. Uh, you know, I, I sometimes catch myself judging someone off of something they do, and I have to catch myself and fix it. So, you know, it's it's just, it comes back to that stage where everyone is, is uh, you're, you're physically programmed or mentally programmed to think negative judge people just because of your belief systems and it's just natural. Like if someone said like, let's say you believe in God and someone's like, well, I'm an atheist. I don't, I don't think there's a God. And they start talking bad about God. It's going to strike a nerve, right? Especially to that person that's very religious It's because it's your belief system. So, you know, by, by nature, you're automatically judging other people, you know, based upon what they're doing, their actions, their words. So, if you catch yourself judging, you know that's the first step because most people don't most people just go with the instinct of judging or or being negative. So you have to understand that uh, you know it, it's something that you got to catch yourself on, but it's a skill. everything's a skill and most people don't think of speaking as a skill um and and they don't really think about like public speaking in general that that you really do speak a lot like you have to speak to people when you're ordering food when you're uh, going out and you're trying to get a job when you're going out and trying to get a promotion within that company When you're trying to go and make friends when you're trying to go and talk to you know reconnect those family ties when you're trying to go and um, You get into a car accident and you have to talk to the the cop or or the, even the person you got into the accident with when you um, You want something and you need help so you have to ask for assistance You have to talk every single day. You know, there's not one time. You're not gonna open your mouth and talk so It's a skill that no one thinks about. They don't think of it as a muscle that you have to, or a skill that you have to, you know, constantly train yourself and keep working on. And, you know, this is, you know, even politicians, like look at politicians. Most of them, even though they're crappy, some of them are really bad. They don't have good policies. The reason they win is because they know how to speak in front of people, right? Think about Hitler. Hitler, you know, dominated in World War II. He dominated in stuff because. He was so good at speaking and moving people in the direction he wanted them to move that, you know, even though he was a terrible person, he, he won a lot of people over by the way he was speaking and the way he was presenting himself. You know, Obama won because, um, you know, I, I think it's a little bit because, you know, he was going to be the first black president. A lot of people wanted the history part of it. But he also won because he was able to move people. He was a very good public speaker. I, I consider him more of a motivational speaker because when you listen to his speeches, it's more of motivation. He's trying to motivate people to take action, move in a certain direction. Hey, vote for me and I'll make a difference, right? But he won because of the way he could speak in front of people on a stage, on a microphone, right? Martin Luther King Jr. made history because he was able to present his speeches and speak in front of people, right? You could take anyone. You, you know, it all comes back to speaking and, and knowing how to speak properly and, and put your viewpoints out there and change the way people are thinking about things. So it's a great skill to have. I'm telling you, most people won't do it. Most people don't even think about it being a skill that they have to work on. And it's the most important thing you'll ever have to do. So if you're interested, let me know. Reach out to me. I'll I'll, I'll help you out and, and I'll get you to a meeting. Just, you know, no one, you know, it's not even pressure. It's just, you know, show up. Even if you just want to show up and just say, hey, I, you know, I saw Tyler's podcast on goals and updates and I just wanted to stop by and see and check it out. It sounds pretty interesting. I see him making a difference in his speaking. And I, you know, I just want to, you know, I wanted to check it out. I heard it from his show, his podcast, and I just wanted to go check it out. So stop by. That's at Denny's. If you want more information, just reach out to me. I'll give it to you and just come out for, you know, be a guest and come out and check it out. See what it's all about. You don't have to speak. You just check out the meeting. So that's Toastmasters. Now I want to see policies I wrote down. So I'm going to talk about one more thing. We'll go into these topics. So Funny enough, uh, now I was talking to this this one person, and uh, you know it'd be funny if she saw if you watched this, but uh, it's talking to this one girl. This girl reached out to me, all right, and uh, I, and <clears throat> funny enough, you know, because I made for most people, you know, it's gonna be a mixed opinion, but I, I was on this uh, you know this dating site, Bumble, all right. And I made this profile a long, long, long time ago. I don't I don't go on any of that stuff anymore. I mean, honestly, I think it's kind of, you know, I don't, I don't really believe in it too much. I think it's kind of a waste of time. I don't like the concept of like, you know, I'd rather be more personable, meet the person face to face. Uh, I think that's a better way of, of dating than actually going on the apps, but you know, it's a a topic for another day, but uh, this person reached out to me and I said, okay, I looked at her stuff and I said, okay, she, you know, she probably, she's conservative. Which you know, I haven't really down here in South Florida. I don't meet a lot of conservative people. Uh, you know, once in a while you'll, you'll meet someone that's conservative, but it's very like Broward County in general is a very like uh, liberal area or democratic area, and so I don't meet a lot of conservative people. And I've you know I you know I've gone through the the last two relationships that I've been in, and and you know I kind of believe that you know going through them and trying to pick out what I did wrong and what I you know tried to do right. I think the reason why those relationships didn't work was because the morals weren't the same. We didn't have the same morals. We didn't have, you know, uh, one person, you know, my last relationship, the, my ex-girlfriend didn't believe in God. She didn't have relig- you know, faith or religion. Um, every single topic that we ever talked about was complete opposite viewpoints. So when I would try to go, you know, in a certain direction, she would go in the opposite direction. So we just kind of, I would try to pull and she would tug. And so we didn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't working out. So I, what I came to the conclusion was that we just didn't have, you know, every single relationship I've been in, we weren't on the same page. We weren't, um, you know, in the same morals. We weren't really together on a lot of things. So when I saw that she was conservative, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give her, you know, I'll talk to her and see what happens. Well, i talk to her for a day and she, and she comes back and she goes, and she writes, you know, I'm not interested. Right. And I thought it was, it was funny because I'm like okay like what's the problem now give you a little bit of backstory I uh, you know I've been recently most people not I'm my mentor I consider a mentor would be Grant Cardone and I've been doing Cardone University so for anyone that's trying to get better at selling or business in general and they're trying to get more sales they're trying to make money capital uh, or they're just trying to get you know more confidence in trying to you know better their lives you know, I definitely would recommend going to, you know, signing up and doing like a monthly subscription of Cardone University and it's all sales training, business. And so the first, you know, a couple of lessons I did in there, he was talking about objections and he said, most of the time you sell, there's objections that people are going to say like, oh, the price is too high. Or um, I don't have time right now to do this. Or, you know, like certain things where they're going to try to object to you and try to push you to, to you know, per, like procrastinate basically to like make the sale. And he said most of the time, you know, objection, they're really not objections, they're complaints, meaning that an objection is kind of like a bit, you know, it's kind of hard to get through an objection, but a complaint is a lot easier if you confront it and just say, hey, like, you know, like, like, what's the problem, right? And basically like confront the complaint and push through it and basically say, well, it doesn't really make sense because of this and basically use fact to override the complaint. And so this person is like, hey, I'm not interested. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, I learned this in Cardinal University. It's a complaint. It's not an objection. It's a complaint. So I, I you know, reach out to her. And I'm like, hey, what's the problem? And she goes, hey, she goes, you know, I noticed you're a Catholic. I'm a Baptist. It's not going to work. <laughs> and I go, I go, okay. I go, um, but you, you know, you believe in, in Jesus Christ, the Savior. You believe in God, the Father, right? You believe in basically the same stuff that I believe in, right? And she goes, yeah. And I go, okay, I'm like, then I don't understand the problem. I'm like, you know, what's, what's the big difference between Baptist and Catholic? And I kind of had, you know, I obviously had a kind of an understanding of what the difference was. You know, they kind of, they do things a little bit different, the structure of it. Um, you know, I have tons of friends that are, uh, they're, uh, they're Greek, so they're Orthodox, um, Greek, or, or Greek Orthodox Christians, Right. But we, and I, and I had the same conversation with them before. I'm like, but we believe in the same thing, right? Like you're a Christian, you believe this, 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 and this, right? And they're like, yeah, everything's the same. It's just the holidays are a little bit different. Um, the, like the timing's a little bit different, but we believe in the exact same thing, right? And we had this conversation. So I'm like, it's, and I've had a conversation with a Baptist before and I asked her the same thing and she was like, yeah, they just, they don't, they don't baptize the same way. They baptize once the, like Catholics baptize when they're a baby. And um, Baptist, baptized once you're kind of like an adult, when you kind of understand what's going on and you accept God and your parents don't make the choice for you. And I said, okay, it makes a lot of sense. And so I kind of understood a little bit. Now, I don't know a ton of stuff on the differences, but I kind of understood a little bit of it. And so she writes back, um, like, uh, yeah, but, you know, we do it differently. And so we're going through this whole conversation, right? And I'm like, well, I'm like, it can't just be that. It's got to be something else. So I'm like, I'm like, well, what, what else is there? Like, what else is there that you don't like? And she's like, you know, I don't, I don't feel any emotion on here. And I'm like, well, we're texting. Like, you're not going to feel emotion on here. Like, it's not like we're face to face. We're meeting in person. Like, I don't know you and you don't know me. I'm like, I'm just on here to, you know, get to know you and, and hopefully, you know, eventually meet up and we'll see what happens. And it was funny because it was funny because as soon as I said that, she's like, Hey, like, can you take a Can you take a phone call right now? And I'm like, okay. And I went from, you know, the complaints, I confronted the complaints to now I'm going on to a phone call with this person, right? I don't know this person. So I pick up the phone, I call her and I go, Hey, hello. Right. And I'm, and I'm the type of person that I don't, I don't care. I'll just talk to you on the phone. Like I don't care. Right. And most of it's because of the the work I do right now at my full-time job, you know, I'm starting a business. Like I understand the concepts of, of communication. I'm in Toastmasters I speak to random people that come there to the club shake hands with them go around just introduce myself network right so I'm just like hey and like you could tell like she's shy all this stuff right and the and so we' talked for like an hour we talked about a bunch of different things politics we talk about uh, you know um, religion we talk about a bunch of different things because I was trying to pick her brain I'm like hey what's the big difference between a Baptist and Catholic and different things so I want to hear a viewpoint and it was funny so at, you know, during like five, 10 minutes into the phone call, she goes, uh, you know, oh, maybe I jumped the gun. Maybe you're not so bad. Uh, she's like, you know, you sound, you sound pretty, um, you know, you seem more, in, you know, interesting on the phone than text messaging and all this stuff. Right. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm kind of talking to her right now, but the point that I'm, that I'm trying to tell you is that, uh, you know, I, I confronted it. Right. And the reason I brought that up in this with updates is because, it was kind of funny because I took what I learned from someone, something, right, in sales and, and implemented it into my life. And when I implemented it, it actually worked and I was shocked and I was like, that's so funny how that worked, right? How that worked, how I kind of went against, you know, I, I figured out it wasn't an objection, it was a complaint. And I basically went, you know, confronted the complaint and got the phone call, right? So, you know, I mean, I'm basically selling myself at that point to that girl or that other person on the end of the line, right? Right. So, you know, that's why I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to basically show you that I am implementing things that I learn and the stuff that I present to you, I am implementing. So that's the whole point of me updating you guys, what's going on in my life, things that are going on, you know, me making different, you know, different choices from the information that I'm learning and implementing because, you know, you can, you can listen to me and learn everything, but if you're not going to implement it in your own life, it's useless. It's just, inf- it's just information stored in your brain. You got to be able to take action and implement it to effectively work in your life. And you have to be willing to keep constantly doing it to get results because what I've learned is some of this stuff doesn't work on some people. Some people are very closed-minded and you're gonna have people that are very, very negative people. Like you're gonna go to someone and say, hi, you know, how are you? And they're gonna look at you like you're crazy. I have, I have people down here, down at Coral Springs, I open the door for someone and they walk right through the door and ignore me, right? They, they just assume that I'm supposed to do that. Um, you know, Oh, like this person's supposed to open the door for me, like, screw this guy. I'm not going to say thank you. Right. The values of, you know, the value system of a lot of people is very diluted. I, I, you know, I, I personally have some theories on it, um, which, you know, it's going a little bit more political and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, and it's also for a topic for another time, like I don't want to waste time and talk about it, but you know, it, you're going to have people that are very, very negative. That's the whole, the whole point I'm trying to bring to you. And there's going to be people that, And the funny thing, by the way, that a point that I want to bring up real quick, and we'll go into this topic, is I'm on the same side as her, and that's what I was trying to tell her. I'm like, we're on the same side. We believe in the same thing. We're we're formed, you know. We're both Christians, right? We're on the same side, and you're you're basically judging me and attacking me because my structure is a little bit different than yours. So the point that I'm trying to make is, you know, whatever political side you're on, whether you're Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you're independent every single side is so caught up in one side that they do attack each other sometimes. Like sometimes they don't agree on everything, you know, and that's the beauty of, of America. Right now that we're, you know, now that we're in fourth of July, the beauty of America is everyone is free independent to express their viewpoints and express who they really are and have their own opinions, right? Free speech. Uh, you know, so, You know, and, and you, you might, you know, maybe you have a family member where I've had this happen to me plenty of times where I went to a family function or a family dinner and I, you know, I agree with, you know, I agree with my, um, my family, you know, probably majority of them, like 99% of like the stuff they talk about and maybe slightly different areas where I'm like, you know, I don't really a hundred percent agree with that. You know, I understand what you're saying like logically speaking, but I don't, you know, I don't really agree with that. Like, this is my concept on it. And when I do that, you know, they tend to go, well, like you're crazy. Like, this is how it is, right? So, you know, you're going to have pushback even from any any side, you know, no matter who you're talking about. And the beauty about it is everyone does not agree with everyone 100%, right? And that's the beauty of it because my next door neighbor could not agree with me on something and explain something to me. And I go, oh, man, you're right. Right. And I could change my viewpoint on it and be like, oh, I understand what, you know, how this works now. And that's the whole point of like freedom of speech. That's the whole point of like everyone's different. Right. Everyone is different. I don't believe in like how, you know, nowadays society is pushing everyone to be the same. Everyone's the same. Treat everyone equally. Treat, you know, uh, everyone should have the same opportunity for this job. Everyone should have this. Everyone should have that. Everyone should have this. Everyone should have that. Everyone's the same. Everyone's equal. Everyone's, you know, everyone's the same. And, you know, I'm telling you, like, it, it's everyone's not the same. Everyone has different viewpoints. Everyone has different skills and traits. Everyone has, uh, you know, everyone has D, different DNA strands. You know, there's not there's – not, there's only one Tyler Joseph Dunn on Earth. There's only one Jason Tarla who just joined this, uh, you know, this uh, live stream. There's only one you. Right. So, you know, that's the whole point I'm trying to get at is, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have different viewpoints. So that's, you know, that's my updates. So now we're going to go into the two topics. The first topic is going to be life is not supposed to be easy. Now, you know, this one might be you know, a little bit political, but the point of the matter is that, you know, life, you know, a lot of people want things to be easy, right? Most people want things to be easy. What's up, Nick? Uh, most people want life to be easy, and it's not supposed to be easy. Uh, you know, if, you, if everything was handed to you and everything was easy, you, you wouldn't be the person you are today. And that's what I learned because when I was in high, you know, middle school and high school, I used to look at people and I used to go like, oh, like, you're crazy. Like, you know, we should just be able to do this and solve the problem. And like, you know, like little things like money. Like I didn't understand money, obviously, in middle school and high school. I didn't understand taxes. I didn't understand, I didn't understand a lot of things in middle school and high school. And then once I started getting a job and I started paying and I started doing things, I realized that the people that were, that I was going against or things that I didn't agree with, I started to agree with. And I'm like, oh, I understand where you're coming from now because now I'm paying taxes. Now I'm working a job. You know, I'm, I'm taking a lot of my times going to this, you know, this income stream of working for this employer and all this stuff. Right. And the government's taking all my money. Right. So the point that I'm trying to, to make here is that, you know, life is not supposed to be easy. And, and most people want things for free. And most people want things for uh, um, they yeah, they think they deserve this. Like I'm entitled to this. And, it, you know, it, society is kind of trying to train you to be like, oh, if you want this, then just go in and take debt or go in and just go in, go to the bank, take a loan, uh, go to the government and get handouts, go to, you know, and. It's not supposed to be like that. You're supposed to kind of figure out a plan. Now, a couple of examples I'm going to give you in my own life with this example is uh, the first thing that happened to me was I started making, I think it was $8 an hour, okay, at my first job ever, which was at an ice skating rink. So I made $8 an hour. Now, what happened was I made $8 and they would give us like a 50 cent raise every year, which by the way, every single year they did not give us a raise. Uh, and they would give other department raises, but they they gave us like fifty cent raises, and so then I was making like eight fifty an hour then I you know and the the good part about that job was you know i didn't have any i didn't really have any bills I was just paying uh car insurance basically at that time, and i wasn't paying rent i wasn't really doing much, and so I went to eight dollars eight fifty now from that job, I ended up doing you know i got into marketing so then I started going into uh, I got paid ten dollars an hour at this marketing internship uh, job. From there, I went to a different company, right? And I made—I think they were paying me about twelve, about like twelve fifty an hour, like twelve dollars, twelve fifty an hour, something around uh, around that. Actually, I think they were paying me. Yeah, I think it was like twelve dollars. I might have started at eleven or twelve dollars. But went from there, got a raise. I went up like I think almost two dollars, and I almost got like thirteen fifty. Or some somewhere around there. And then I was making about I think like twelve thousand dollars a year, right? Like twelve, twenty five hundred $2, dollars a year, and I'm and I'm like I'm still struggling, right? So and by the way, as I was incrementing the incomes into different positions and jobs, it was not easy, right? It was I had you know, that's a long time. Like you're talking about four years that I had to start working my way into different things. And I had to convince people to let me do different positions because when I went to, you know, I was doing marketing internships, I have no experience in marketing and I had no experience in business uh, and I had to try to convince them from working at a cashier's position to a food line position into letting me work with their marketing departments to actually create you know, content or work on billboard selections or, you know, like different different elements that were way out of my my uh, my skill base, right? So I had to convince these people to let me do things and I had to take on a little bit more responsibility. I had to take on, you know, and learn from them and they would come to me and be like, hey, like you're doing this wrong. So, you know, it was it was very, very hard to get from one point to the next point, right? Now I'm at a warranty company. So, you know, I have, and you know, now I'm working email responses and I'm working at a call center and it's, I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not satisfied with working at this, uh, you know, that part of the company. And my goal is to get to the marketing department within this company or some type of sales uh, area within this company. But the point that I'm trying to make here is it's not supposed to be easy. If I look back at all that stuff, I've, I've learned a lot. And that's why it's supposed to be hard because you're supposed to learn from the challenges. You're supposed to be challenged to get more skills. You're supposed to be challenged to make more money. You know, the more skills you build over time, the more you're worth to the market and the more you'll make, right? So I went from 12, you know, about 12,000 out to 30,000 plus benefits. So, you know, if you wait on all the benefits, I don't really know how much, you know, how much money you're really talking about. But, uh, you know, I went from like, you know, now I get paid vacations Now I get health care and I get I don't have a 401k yet, but I will in the next two months uh, once I get out of that probation period. So and then they'll pay for my college. So I'm getting all these things that I had to work to get to. right? I had to work at these OK jobs and getting paid nothing to getting to now where I am now and then work my way into a, a higher department within that organization. And the problem is most people would not do that. I'm telling you, I'm pro- like, I'd, I'd probably say like 80 or 75% of people would not do that because they're not thinking long-term, they're thinking short-term. Like, oh, if I just do this, they're trying to look for the easy way out, right? They're trying to look short-term. They're trying to look easy. Like, if I just do this, maybe I can get here. Instead of going, well, if I take the longer route and I try to really work hard and I try to go and do things that the average person isn't going to do, then you know, then I'm worth more money. And then I'm definitely going to get to this position, right? But most people are scared of hard work, they don't want to put in the effort and be and most of them are like, I don't want to put all that work just to do that. Or I don't want to put all that work in and maybe I get the position and I don't get the position, right? But either way, it's a maybe, it's just more of a guaranteed if you go the longer route. And you'll build more skills, you'll get more um, education along the ways. Because what I did with Broward College, was they started giving me like more, um, more certificates, they paid for different uh, resources that I went and, and learned I got to go to different um, events right I went to different events that taught me different skills like I went to like business conferences that they were hosting and I did like social media them with uh with my one um my one co Edwin and we went to different events and learned and we networked and we did different things and you know that was the long route I never took the I never went to like a short route I just you know and by the way, once you start going the long route, more opportunities tend to present themselves because you you're putting yourself in more riskier situations right and you're putting yourself in front of more people you're putting yourself in in more you know a position to get more opportunities presented to you like I went on the internship and I didn't plan my uh the funny thing with this is I went when I went to go see uh, my family the, the other day yesterday uh, one of uh, you know one of my um one of the people there that I kind of, you know, try to guide it. I try I try to do the best I can with guiding him through Broward College because most people just go there. And, and I messed up where I just went to class and went home. And he was like, hey, I, I took this, you know, I'm taking this one class and they're going over internships and they're like just resources at the college. And he's like, they showed me a video and you were in the video for an internship. And I was explaining to him the opportunity that that, that, that job gave me. <laughs> Excuse me. And I was trying to tell him, I said, you know, I went to college and I just went home, went to college, went home. And I was like, one day I, I, I sat down with myself and said, okay, I want to do business. Everyone's telling me you can't just be general business. You have to have some place within that, you know, you have to have a set destination within business and you can't be too general. Cause when you go to apply for different positions, they're going to be like, oh, you're too broad and they're not going to hire you for different things. Cause you're not, you're not, it's almost like you're not decisive yet. Like you, you haven't decided what direction you want to take in business. And I thought to myself, wow, that's a, that's a great point. So I, you know, looked up jobs, went into marketing, went to the internship at, you know, the internship department at Broward College, talked to this lady, I think her name was Heidi. Put the app, you know, put this, she's like, hey, this is the only paid internship that, that we have in our system right now with Hoover Pumping Systems. And I, you know, at the time I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take it. It's an opportunity. And I, you know, cause I'm like, I can't, I can't afford not to work. Like I can't get, I can't work for free. I like guess what I was telling myself I'm like I can't work for free. I have to go for a job where they're going to pay me because I have bills and I'm and I'm I'm trying to go to you know I'm trying to go full, like almost full time at college and work jobs and get paid and I'm like if I'm going to take time off of this I have to be making money. So, you know, I went there, worked, you know, and I eventually got the job at that place, worked it out with the company I was working with at the time and they're like, "Okay, you can go there for 4 or 5 months and then come back." Well, I went there and I worked for 5 months. And, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to get a job there. Most people go to an internship and they get hired on, you know, after they, after their probation era and the, the, the place I was working at didn't have a marketing like department or position. So I, you know, I was telling myself like, oh, like, I'm like, and she told me, she's like, I would hire you. She's like, like, I'm telling you, like, I would hire you if we had the department for you. She's like, um, and she took me out networking places. She's trying to get me like different positions with other companies she tried to promote me and try to get me in a network. That was the first time I ever really networked, by the way. And she was like, she was trying to help me, right? What ended up happening was, uh, you know, I didn't. I met people there at this networking opportunity that she was, you know, taking me to and stuff. But what ended up happening was Broward College ended up wanting to do a video since it was a paid, um, paid internship. And it was very rare for that to happen at the time. And so she, she came, they did a video set, right? They, they came and videoed. They, 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 did an interview with me and then my, the person that was uh, supposed to be like my manager there. And the guy that came there to work with them was actually a head person within the marketing department at Broward college. And he said, you know, like, you're very knowledgeable. He's like, I'm talking to you and you're very like, he's like, you're very, you, know, you present yourself well. He's like, I know that we can pay you more than what you're going to go back to at your other, your other position as a uh, courier, because I was a courier for, um for different private insurance companies where like tag agencies. And I would go and go to the county, bring back work for them. And he's like, hey, we could probably pay you more. He's like, once this internship ends, reach out to me, he gave me all his contact information. Well, told myself, you know, I don't wanna do that. I, wanna, I, I want want. I I wanted to take the easy route, right? I was like, all right, it's gonna be easier for me to go to college and work at this company, work at this company, go to college, do whatever, and the opportunity, and, and he contacted me, right? I, was, I wasn't I was planning on going and taking an opportunity. I went, I wanted to take the easy route. He came, he emailed me and said, hey, he's like, uh, I'm following up with you. He's like, the opportunity is still on the table. We'll pay you more. He's like, just come in and interview and, and see what happens. And I said, you know what? What, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'll go and interview and, I'll, and if I don't like it, if I don't like what they're going to offer me, I'll just leave. And so I go. Now, this is the long, you know, this is the long route that I'm taking, right? And I was trying to go the easy route at the time. And this is where it's coming back to life is not supposed to be easy, right? So I go there, I interview, I end up getting the position, and they end up paying me way more than the the two companies combined. So the the amount of work I was doing for those two companies, they are paying me in one go. And I was working on campus. So I was easier to go to college. I could do more classes. They would work with my schedule better. And I was having issues with uh, my job at the time, the, or that job at the time where they wanted certain times for me to work and I was like, I can't, I have to go to class in the morning and then come pick up the work. So they were losing money. I was kind of getting screwed on hours, they were using other people instead of my services. So I said, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to go and use this. And I thought to myself, you know, this is, a, this is an opportunity. Right? This is an opportunity where this is going to be more into like what I want to do in my life, which is marketing and business. And the job I was doing was not doing that. It was building a different skill that I wasn't probably really going to use. Like I was going to use, you know, you know, people, people reaction, you know, face to face reaction or skills, but I knew I wasn't going to be able to use it for marketing or business in a sense. It wasn't really helping me and I wasn't building connections there, right? so. I go there, I get hired and that's how I got jobs. You know, that's how I got myself into this job that I'm at right now was going the long run. Worked for that company for two, two, uh, you know, two and a half, almost three years, built up some experience there. And now what I'm going to do right now, my big goal at this company that I'm at right now is work until a certain point, collect the benefits, do, you know, use, you know, make more money, use bonuses, do different things. Then I'm going to move into the marketing department. Right? So I have to work with them for six months. I need another two months. And then I can apply for the marketing, you know, marketing positions at the marketing department at the job I'm at right now. And I'll, get, I'll probably get paid double the amount I was making at the first job, the first marketing position I had at Broward College. And it's full time, so I'll get benefits. My benefits will stay. I'll get bonuses. I'll do different things. Right. So the point that I'm trying to make to you is life is not supposed to be easy. Right. Life is not supposed to be easy. You're supposed to go the long routes. You're supposed to go the challenging routes. You're supposed to challenge yourself every single day. And, you know, I, if I would have taken the easy route throughout that whole entire thing, I would not be the person I am today. I would not have the same traits I have today. I would not have the same belief system. I would not be making the amount of money I'm making right now. Now, I'm telling you, I'm not making a lot of money. I'm not even really considered. I don't even think I'm in the, the middle class. But my goals are to get to that point. Keep increasing income, right? Keep working on finances. But the point I'm trying to make to you is that most people get stuck trying to take the easy route and then they don't progress. They don't move forward. And what I was trying to do is, you know, and that's what I realized was my problem was I was always trying to take the easy route. I was looking for easy ways to make money. I was looking for the easy way to do this. I was looking for the easy way to do that. And it changed. My perspective changed when I started, you know, going towards opportunity rather than making money. Right. And, Most people chase the money not the opportunity and and the reason they do that is it's easier to chase the money than it is opportunity they're trying to look for the easy way out so you know that's that's a big example i can give you where it it started everything because everything from there started making sense i started everything started clicking in my brain i said okay this is why most people are poor this is why people can't get ahead it's because they're not willing to go the extra mile they're not willing to do what other people don't want to do they're not willing to uh, go down that hard route right or that hard road or that hard path they're trying to go the easy route and that's why you're hearing a lot about like free education you're hearing a lot about free healthcare. You're you're hearing a lot about free things because most people want the easy route in society and life they don't want the hard stuff and and the challenges that life is supposed to have it's not supposed to be easy I'm telling you it's not uh, you don't learn you don't progress unless there's a challenge involved unless there's competition unless there's something on the other end that you're chasing right besides money so um so that one is life is not supposed to be easy now we're going to go into the next topic which is give back give back give back now the reason I put three give backs is because I you know I want you to understand that it's very very important to give back and you know you could and most people are like well I don't want to give my money well don't give your money you can give your time back and start helping people and make a difference. You don't have to, you know, most people think like you have to do, you have to spend money to give back to people. Like, Oh, I got to go and buy gifts. I have to go and spend a certain amount of money to give back. And you could do other ways of giving back. Like I did a for the first time I, I started doing like charity or volunteering work was with, um, was with Broward college, right? When I was working there, they had this uh, organization called uh, BC cares or, um, I yeah, think it was BC cares and it was an organiz- organization that was put together within that department or that team of Broward college and they would go and do volunteering projects. So the first one I did was um, we went to this, this national park in Fort Lauderdale and what happened was we had the hurricane, uh, I forgot which hurricane it was. But we had a recent hurricane which destroyed the park. Like there's tree debris everywhere uh, the, um, the pavilions needed to be painted. They look, you know, they look kind of terrible, like they were fading. And so they had different people within the organizations or different groups that would volunteer. And you could do like clear tree debris. You could go and paint pavilions. You could go in and pick up trash. There's a beach there because it's on Fort Lauderdale beach. So you could go do beach cleanups, which I'm not a big fan. I've done a lot of beach cleanups. I, I honestly don't like beach cleanups for the fact that I mean, it helps obviously society, you know, nature, it helps people, you know, discipline and stuff like that. But it, I just feel like it's a short-term fix. It's not a long-term lasting type of, uh, of like volunteering help because you clean the beach, the next 20 minutes uh, the people go out there and they litter the beach up again. So it's almost like kind of like a point – in my mind, it's almost like a pointless, um, pointless act in my mind because people just litter anyways. Like it, people are just going to re-litter. And I want something that's going to be like a long-term lasting. So I ended up signing. The first one I did was helping um, paint pavilions at the national park. So they'd give you the paint, they'd give you the paintbrushes, and you would paint these pavilions and the walls and different things. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, it's going to be a long-term thing. Like someone's not going to just come here and, and scrape off the paint or like the weather's not going to melt the paint off the buildings. Like it's, and it's going to look good, right? It's going to actually people are going to go through this, um, this park and they're going to be like, oh, who painted this? It looks good. Right. And it was time consuming. And at the time I thought, you know, it's a good opportunity to meet, like, I'm probably going to meet contractors because I'm sure contractors, like I'm sure the average person is not going to sign up to paint pavilions. Um, a, con, a paint contractor is. And I, at the time, you know, I, you know, I was trying to do done deal investments and I'm like, it's a good way to network at the same time for a good cause. Like, I'm going to help people. So, you know, I went there, I actually met this one guy, funny enough, I met him and exchange business cards and stuff and talk to them. And I'm like, yeah, you know, eventually I'm going to start flipping houses and I'm going to have, like, properties that are going to need help. Investors, I might, even be, I might even be able to send you referrals. Like, you know, customers that are like, hey, I really need a, a good painting contractor and I can send them your way. So I ended up networking with, like, the one guy there that was really awesome. But that was the first one I did. The second one I did was uh, we did something where we were, like, not I don't think it was feeding. It was um, – I can't think of the second one. But I ended up doing a lot of them. I ended up doing a bunch of them. And that was the first time I realized that, you know, and I felt good about myself. I would go there. We'd get there at like 7 in the morning or 8 in the morning, and I, I would commit for the whole – oh, we picked up trash. That was the second one I did. We went around poor areas or poor communities in Fort Lauderdale, and we picked up all the trash. We'd, we, we had different routes. We would go down. We'd have a bucket and something to pick up the trash with. And once you fill the bucket, someone would have a garbage can, like a big garbage can or one that on wheels, and you would dump your trash in there. And then we would go in and try to recycle it. And then someone would pick out, you know, different bottles, different things to recycle. Well, I, you know, I went around, um, like, and some of these neighborhoods are really, really bad, like, like trash everywhere, like, like unbelievable amounts of trash everywhere. And I I made it my job that was gonna be the hardest one there. I picked up, like, I think I picked up definitely the most trash in my group, but because um, most people are there, they're just like, oh, we're just gonna, you know, uh, pick up a little bit of trash and whatever. But I, I was on a mission. I'm like, I'm gonna pick up every single bottle. I'm gonna pick up every single napkin. I'm gonna pick up everything because I'm like, I want people to to understand that I'm working hard. Like, just because we're volunteering, and I committed to just showing up here on time. Like, I want people to know that I'm here to to help make a difference. And I was picking up trash in these neighborhoods, and I'm telling you, it was it was terrible. It it, it was terrible. And then you'd see people like you pick up stuff and then they'd rethrow throw stuff. But that was more of a difference in the beach cleanup because in my mind, I'm like, you know, there's, there's like little kids here. Uh, you know, I want to pick it up for them so they have a, you know, a better opportunity, a better neighborhood. So, you know, that was kind of cool that they, that they actually set that up where we went and helped different neighborhoods, different poor communities and we picked up the trash. But that was one thing where I gave my time and money. Now I've also done things at church where like we do fish fries. Now, most of the people coming, you know, the people that go there are not, not poor, right? They have money. Like they're part of the church and the community. And we, we feed people that aren't even part of the parish by the way too. But um, you don't see like homeless people come there cause you, you do pay to come in there, but I would do dishes in the back. And they don't pay us there. You're volunteering your time with the church. The church makes the money and the church keeps the money. But I'm back there washing dishes. I'm like, one time I went there and like I was by myself and like, just, I was just going hard at dishes and I, and I was working so hard that the guy, the guy was just like, dude, this kid just doesn't stop. Like this kid just keeps going and cleaning dishes and drying and, and like, he doesn't take a break. He doesn't eat. He doesn't drink. Like he's just going. Right. And I'm like, you know, and that's what I wanted. Like I went there and I'm like, I'm going to outwork every single person here. Cause I want the mentality of being the hardest worker there. Like I have to outwork everyone. Like if I don't have that mentality, everyone's going to beat me and I'm not going to, that's not, and then I'm not going to have worth. Like people pay you for the amount of work you do and the worth that you bring to that company or you bring to that customer, right? That's how you make money is you're bringing worth or uh, value to that person, right? And that's why they pay you for services or business or whatever the case is that you're trying to get out of the, um, you know, out of the deal or the, or the, the customer or the person in front of you. You know, if you bring them enough value, they won't care. They'll give up whatever it is that you need, right? Whether it's food, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's energy, right? So they'll give you that if you can give them enough value and show them that you're committed to helping them, right? That's what I was doing, and I wanted to create that mentality. Just like I'm, I'm doing this podcast right now on Fourth of July, when most people would be, you know, out. People are probably drinking right now. It's already one nineteen. People are definitely out there partying, drinking. And I'm committing the first half of my day to coming on here, doing a podcast, working. You know, now I'm about to, you know, pitch done deal investments and work on my company. After that, I'll probably, you know, I might change, and I might go and start doing some social media, working on the pod. You know, then I'm probably going to start working on uploading more videos to the podcast. Because um, right now we're working on, or I'm working on, uh, a, it's uh, a website called Podbean. So I was going to do SoundCloud. Now I'm doing Podbean. So Podbean is going to be a lot better. We're going to have access to apps. You're going to have access to websites. You're going to have access to streaming and downloading and liking and, and different elements. I can put it on social media. right? I can, it goes right from that, uh, that platform into iTunes and Spotify and probably SoundCloud. I could probably do on that too. But that's, you know, that's what I'm working on. I'm working on constantly pr- producing good quality content and just working hard. And branding, because you know I, that's why I pitched Dunhill Investments today, because I'm trying to get more brand awareness with Dundee Investments to help more people, because most people don't know what Dundee Investments is. So I'm trying to brand it more. Now, um, so give back, give back, give back, right? So that's the that's the topic that I was talking about, is uh, is going and and helping other people, right? So you don't have to give your money to help people uh you I mean you can't donate to charities I mean for a while I was trying to do charities I think uh the first couple of episodes if you total all the amount of money that I got people to donate including myself I think I did end up making like I think if you total everything and they were all different uh organizations that I had on here but I think it was like 45 bucks or close to like 55 bucks which like to most people I was like oh it's not it's not a lot to make a difference, but that's $55. I probably contributed like $15 in total to like the organizations, but that's like $35 that I had. I got people to actually open their wallet, open their wallet and put money into that, that organization and donate a little bit of money to help that cause. Right. So to me, the $35 wasn't $35. It was a lot more than $35 because I physically got someone to, like, make movement to actually help out the cause, right, and actually donate a couple dollars to that cause, and most people most people wouldn't do that, right? So I, you know, I committed to that, and I got that to happen, but that's, that's part of giving back, right? I helped that organization make a little bit of money. Now, obviously, it's not a lot of money, but, you know, it, it was, I got them to do it. So money can help. Right? And you see like Drake, you see people that have a lot of money where they go and donate a lot of money to charities. They start their own organizations. So you can obviously make a difference with money. But I, I just don't like when people say like, well, I don't have money to donate and I don't, I don't have like the resources to do that. And there's plenty of places you can reach out to on websites where like uh, I think it's volunteer.com. There's one that I was going to do which didn't end up happening. But I was actually going to donate some of my time to the Everglades. They had a project on it. Uh, donate my time to the Everglades. And I think you help plant plants back there in the Everglades. You, um, you help get rid of like some of the toxic stuff in there. Like there's some plants that are not good for the environment. And like, you're basically helping them restore the Everglades, which was like a really cool thing that I wanted to do. uh, But the timing was not good. Like they wanted you to commit like three days out of the week. And I couldn't do that with my job schedule. I couldn't, I couldn't really commit to it. So I, I didn't end up doing it. But it was something that I kind of wanted to do. Like it would be a good cause. It would be something that would be worth doing long, you know, long lasting, um, long lasting type of uh, like help. It wouldn't just, I would do it one day and it would be gone like, you know, beach cleanup. So there's definitely ways you can do it. If, if, you know, if you want to do more, just reach out to me, I'll try to help find you resources where you can go and volunteer more time. If you're, if you're very religious and you have a church or you have, uh, you know, everyone's kind of different with religion. You know, you have different like Judaism where they have temple, um, you know, Christianity where they have church. If you have, you know, and those are all communities, right? You can go to those places, your community, right. And help those, those foundations, you can help your church, you can help your temple, you can help. I don't know what they call like other places and other religions, but, or other communities, but you know, you can go there and start there. You just volunteer some time, right. Even if it's an hour a week, Right? I mean, you're doing something, right? You're doing some type of volunteering act that's going to help people. So, you know, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to get out of here with this. So give back, give back, give back. Now I'm going to go into Dundeal Investments and then we'll wrap this up. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Now, how this company is designed to work is we take a distressed seller or some type of seller that wants to sell their house very fast for a quick cash offer, and we take an investor and we put them on a deal. We put them in a deal together. So the whole point of it is the investor will help the seller, and I say like distress seller, meaning like most of the time this resources is really for someone that financially cannot sustain their property, right? Someone that really needs a resource or financial help to keep them afloat, and so they don't go into like bankruptcy. They don't go and screw up their credit. They don't go in and do different, um, you know, they don't hurt themselves financially where they can't financially get out of the hole, right? So that's where this would come in, like a distressed seller and an investor. Put them into the deal and, they, and, and we help guide the process smoother with done deal investment. So how, you know, how this works is I call it a three-step process to the three steps to financial freedom. Uh, Before I go into the three steps of financial freedom, I am going to tell you like some of the examples where this type of uh, resource would really help people. So the first one would be pre-foreclosure. Pre-foreclosure is just when you owe too much money or you're behind on too much money. You technically would owe too much money, but you're behind on payments on your mortgage. Most of the time it's a bank that you're paying a mortgage to. You're behind on payments and they're basically threatening to repossess your property. And it's going to screw up your credit. You might have to file bankruptcy just to save the property and everything, uh, which is definitely like the worst case scenario. And there's not a lot of resources. If you go to the bank, you are like, hey, like, give me a little bit more time. I need a little bit more money. They're not going to do it. They're going to be like, hey, we gave you we already committed to giving you money. you sign a contract and it's in the, in the contract. We're not going to help you anymore. And they're, and they're going to, you know, to be honest, they're going to, they don't really care because they're going to basically make, they made money on the payments, right? From you, from interest. And in the end, they're going to get more money in the end because they're going to repossess the property, right? So they don't really care so much as helping you do that, that pre-foreclosure because they're going to make money regardless. So that's one way Dundee investments can help you is, is we'll just basically sell your house very fast and clear out the debt. right? We'll pay off that mortgage. Now, another one would be uh, foreclosure, which is kind of the same, it's, it's the same element where the bank already owns it. But in this scenario, we could help uh, small banks. Big banks probably aren't going to really want to do it because they, they have more time to, to put money into the property and buy themselves more time to sell it. A small bank is gonna look at it as a liability because they're losing money on the deal. They're, every single time, they, every single month, they don't have a tenant in there, paying them a mortgage or a sale on the house, they're losing money. And because they're a small bank, they don't have a lot of money or resources to put into that property. So, if you know any small banker, like small uh, bank owners, have them reach out to Dundee Investments. We can help them as well. Now, another one would be uh, foreclos- or not foreclosure. I'm sorry job transfer. So this would be if like, let's say you had another opportunity in another state or somewhere in the same state, but you obviously have to travel and live somewhere else to make it work. And you only have, you know, sometimes you only have a week or two weeks to move and sell that property. You you think to yourself, you know, a real estate agent might be the best choice to get the most money out of the deal, but sometimes it's a lengthy process. Sometimes it'll take a month, maybe two months. So you really want to, um, you, you might need to sell it really fast to make a quick profit and just, you know, move. That's where Dundee done investments would be able to do that too. Qu- sell it really fast and just give you a quick cash offer. Now, um, the other one that would be suitable for this is, is if you inherited a property from a loved one. So most of the time you inherited a property in a will, uh, it's normally from like an elderly, uh, loved one or a family member. And they normally kind of don't really take care of the property because they're older, they tend not to really like care about the property, they don't have time, they're kind of trying to maybe conserve a little bit more of their cash. So they tend not to take care of the property and then if you go through a real estate agent, it's, it's hard for them to sell it on the market because there's too much, you know, too much property maintenance to, to be taken care of on it. So that's where an investor would be a best solution to basically buy the property and then invest their money into the property and just basically sell that property fast to the investor, and then you just get the cash, and then you move on, and and you keep doing whatever you want to do. Now, the other one would be um, if you're going through a very very messy divorce, and you're just like you know it's we've had to split everything 50 50, gone you know go down the middle, basically split everything half and half, and you kind of just want to sell that property very very fast and split the profits down the middle, and basically just um, pay the other. You know, your other other person in, in that uh, in that divorce. You could do that too as well, where we just sell that property very quick to an investor, you take the cash offer, you split it down the middle and just pay, you know, pay the other person their fair share to the to the half of it. Now I think that's basically everything. You have liens on your property, we could still help you, or that's basically like the city just basically slaps a lien on your property for uh, you know, maybe like code basically where the city is saying like, you're not up to code on, let's say, um, shutters or, you know, anything where the, the city has different regulations and you're not following, they can slap a lien on your property and every single, uh, you know, I think it's every single week or every single day or every single month, they can um, put more money on it and give you penalties. So that's kind of what happens is people wait, 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 they stack up to like two thousand three thousand dollars they can't get ahead and so they're kind of stuck and that's where Dundee investments would be able to help you with that. Back taxes, you're buying a back taxes and now the government's threatening to repossess uh, your property. we could also help with that. and uh, just in general maybe you just don't want to deal with the real estate agent and you just want to sell that property fast. You've had a lot of bad experiences. you don't want to pay high commission fees to real estate agents. Um, it, it works for many, many different situations that would give a resource to that that homeowner or property owner. So that's how you know these are the type of situations where Dundee Investments would be able to help you. Now, how this works is it's the three steps that I call the three steps to financial freedom. The first step is you have to contact Dundee Investments. So if you look at the the side of Facebook or anywhere, I basically you know always put a website link or I put our social media accounts or email or phone number some type of contact information. Um, it doesn't matter which one you choose. I do recommend using the phone number and calling just because we have to ask you questions. It goes faster. It's more personable. You'll get to, you know, you'll talk to me on the phone. And um, and, and that way, like, it's easier. But you can email. You can go on our website, fill out a form. You can go on our, our um, I said the website, but you can go on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and just direct message. You can... Uh, call, text, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Like you can do, and I'll, and I'll, I'll make it my mission to basically get back to you as fast as possible within whatever you're trying to reach us on. So, uh, that's the first step. We ask you the, the questions. We're going to ask you are very, very simple, by the way, too. It's just going to be, you know, what, what's the problem you're trying to solve or condition you're trying to get out of? So that way, we have a better understanding of how to help you. What um, condition your properties in, basically, so we have a better understanding when we go to find the investor, and we have an understanding when we come. To the property to look at it and then we go into step two so step two would be then we set up an appointment we go and um i do a walkthrough. i bring a sheet with me and i go okay we have broken windows we have roof damage we have mold we have leaks you know different things that would be a cost to the investor i'd have to jot down from there we take five pictures inside your property five pictures out so 10 pictures in total and the reason for this is when i go to find you an investor i want to um you know try to get as many investors as I possibly can to make sure we lock a deal down with you uh, with that investor for you. So that way you have a guaranteed sale, which by the way, I already have like preset investors, right? I already have a list of pre pre preset people that I can contact if uh, you know, when the deal becomes available and I can contact them, send them information. And at the same time, you know, if I have to go find another investor, I could just email them the pictures, email them the, you know, the investment costs they'd have to, you know, produce and the capital they'd have to put into the property to make the profit back. So that's why I'm, I'm collecting all this information. And we have to schedule schedule an appointment for your property is I have to be able to send this information as quick as I can through email, text message to these investors. And that's how we get the, that's how we sell your property very, very fast. Right. And I do like three, three snaps, but um very fast because I'm reaching out to all these investors and I'm going hey here's you know here's the information catching them up to speed and they're on point on what's going on. Now, once we get you an investor, now my mission is now we're on step 3. So now my mission is to make sure that we give you a fair cash offer, right? So how I do this is I go and run comps on your on your neighborhood. I take the three houses that are the closest to your house and I basically go and get an average price. From the average price, I'm just going to deduct the investment cost for the investor. And now we're going to negotiate on the price that's down here. So that's the price we'll negotiate on. And then we'll, you know, obviously talk about the terms that you need and and what you need to do in order to be able to go to your next property and move on to the next property. Now, at this point, once we come to the agreements, I catch the investor up, Right. I, I tell them, all right, this is the amount of money that, that me and, and the seller agreed on. This is the amount of money that you're going to have to agree on. And these are the terms of the invest, the seller needs. Then now we go into the contract part where the seller yourself would sign. I would sign for done deal investments and the investor would sign on it. And then then the deal is, is basically complete. So now what will happen is the seller will then try to go and find another property. Or here's the cool part too. I have someone that told me um, they have a connection where if you wanted to stay in your property, you can, right? So if you don't even want to leave the property, you just need to get out of the financial conditions. I can give you um, a resource or another investor who would basically be able to do that, right? So we would work something out with that person if that's what you needed. But if you're just like, Hey, like, I don't really want to stay in the property. I'd rather just, you know, go get another property. I don't really like the neighborhood anyways. I don't, you know, whatever the reason is where you want to move to another place this would be you know, a, better way, uh, a better way for you basically to do, right? It's more uh, of a problem solution for you. So um, either way, I can help you. But moving forward, the seller would basically get the cash offer. We'd agree, you know, obviously obey the terms that, that you need if you have to stand there three weeks or you need another resource. That's my job, by the way, is to make sure that I give you the resources that you need. So if you need a real estate agent, I have plenty of them. I can give them to you. Uh, You need a home inspector, you need financing. I can give you know and even if I don't have any of those contacts, I'll go and find you some of those contacts, right? It's my that's my job as Done Deal Investments is to make sure that we're guiding you smoothly through processes and make sure the deal goes smooth. And that's the whole deal or job of Done deal investments. Now, from this point, now this the investor is obviously gonna make a profit. He's gonna flip the property, he's gonna put it on the market for full market value. He's going to make a profit. Dundee Investments will make a commission fee, which we call finder's fee. And how that works is the investor will pay us, not the seller. So that's the cool part. And that's why I talk a lot about with real estate agents, they're going to charge you commission um, from that sale. Dundee Investments does not charge you commission. We charge the investor the commission. So you'll walk away with the cash offer and the investor will pay us on the deal, which is the coolest part. So that's how the three parties benefit. That's why the three parties want to do it. Um, you know, for Dundee Investments, I just want to try to make it where the home buying process is a lot easier. So I do want to I do want to expand this business into different niches within real estate and make it a one stop shop. At the same time, my mission with Dundee Investments is to help as many people as I possibly can in the real estate space. Whether it's a seller, give you know, give more resources to that seller, or and the distressed seller, um, give more resources to the investor and just help different parties as much as I possibly can with the resources that I can provide to them. So eventually what I want to do is expand and do, you know, have my own real estate department or team. I want to do uh, home inspections. I want to get a financial uh, finance department, or we can maybe, you know, give some money to investors if they need money on a deal, or we can get financing for that seller for a property and get a mortgage for them. Um, you know, different resources basically where it'll help the seller more and they don't have to go to five or six different companies. It's all in one uh, one company where it's, and it'll make the, by the way, it'll actually make the home buying process a lot smoother, a lot faster, a lot easier because most people, what happens is they go, okay, we got to go get a real estate agent. They get a the real estate agent. They show them the house. Now they have to get the home inspected because they have to make sure it's a good investment for them. Now what happens is now they have to go contact some place to go get financing. So you're technically, that's why it's such a slow process when you go and buy properties um, or homes for yourself is, and people hate the home buying process because it's so, it's so delayed. It's like, okay, I want this property. Now what do I have to do to get it? Well, now you got to go contact this company to go get this resource. Now I have to go contact this company to go get that resource. So it delays, it's like a delayed process. So I want to get it to the point where, we can just keep on moving you along the line and just keep on providing you the different resources you need. And that way it cuts the delay and it's all, it's a one-stop shop and it, it'll cut the buy the home buying process time in half, right? Cause everything's under one roof. So that's what I want to do. And they all work hand in hand together. Um, that's kind of, you know, that's what I want to do with this company. I want to get different resources. I want to make it more accessible to investors. I want to get it more accessible to sellers. I want to get it, you know, more accessible to different niches within real estate. And that's what I, you know, that's my main, main, main big goal with Dundee investments is to expand it now. uh, So that's Dundee investments, LLC. And I think that's basically it. I hope everyone has a good 4th of July. You know, it's Thursday, you know, relax a little bit. I'm going to still be, you know, I'm going to try to work a little bit more right after I end this, but on podcast, you know, uploading them and stuff like that. But you know, enjoy your 4th of July, understand that 4th of July is probably one of the best holidays because you're celebrating your independence and your freedom, uh, the freedom of like free speech, you know, all your amendments. So, you know, without them, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be a free country. You wouldn't be a free individual. So, you know, understand that maybe look up some history on it. Cause most people don't really, most people understand 4th of July, kind of the basics of it, but they don't really know too much about it. And I would say, you know, just maybe go research. So happy 4th of July. Have a good 4th of July. This has been episode 94 of Goals and Updates. My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. I'll see you guys Monday next week at 7 p.m. sharp. Peace.